0: You're listening to the Amazing Women podcast, where we enjoy meaningful conversations with extraordinary women. These highly successful entrepreneurs will share their stories of remarkable success and occasionally some spectacular failures. Come join your host, entrepreneur and best-selling author Rob Kopman, as
1: he shares this hour with you and these fascinating women. Nancy Matthews is a best-selling author, has been featured throughout the media, and has shared the stage with many of today's leading experts and thought leaders because she is one of them. She's been in business since 2002 and has developed several multi-million dollar enterprises. Nancy brings more than 30 years of experience and the perfect blend of business expertise, authenticity, and heart to all her endeavors. Nancy and her sisters, yes, that's right, her real sisters, founded Women's Prosperity Network in 2008, and they've had the privilege of serving thousands of people through their collaborative network, educational and inspirational programs, coaching, and mentoring. She is the author of The One Philosophy, Visionaries with Guts, the highly acclaimed Receiving Your Riches course, and the best-selling series Journey to the Stage. Uh, What really impresses me, she did it all while raising two kids on her own as a single mother. Now, that's unusual, and that's one of the things that makes her an amazing woman. I have a lot of women asking me how to balance that work-life thing. You know, this being an entrepreneur takes a lot, a lot of hours and a lot of time. How did you manage to raise a family while starting a business at the same time?
0: So... First of all, thank you for having me and thank you for putting the show together. It's a great resource and I'm honored to be here with you. And as you were asking the question, I started thinking, how did I do that? <laughs> really, I was like, how did I do that? And the, the key to my sanity, as well as my success, lies in the fact that early on when my my son was maybe three or four years old. So I just had one child at the time. And I found that I was stressed out and anxious. And I was still working as a legal secretary back at that time. And I found that if I woke up about 15 minutes or 30 minutes before I woke him up, my entire day was shifted and got so much better.
1: Well, that's a really simple, easy thing to do that I bet you a lot of people just don't think of
0: yeah well and and you know we've we've all had the experience most of us parents anyway you're lying in bed the kid comes wake you up and you got 15 minutes to get them breakfast get them ready to school out the door get yourself dressed and it was like and then i i had this realization and i thought if i woke up before him and got my shower had some coffee then i layered in starting to journal And I had, I've been journaling since I was a little kid, but I had stopped for a long time. And then I started journaling. A friend of mine gave me a book uh, called Simple Abundance. I can't remember the author. And I would read one of these little passages of inspiration and it helped me set my tone for the day. And that practice, I continue faithfully through this day.
1: So if you would get up in the morning and go right to work or go right into dealing with your children, you found that it kind of got you a little bit off balance, right? A little anxious and it set the tone for the day. Whereas if you got yourself completely settled in, ready to go, a few words of inspiration and said, okay, I'm doing this on my time on my schedule, which is how it felt anyway, that the rest, the whole rest of the day was affected by it in a positive manner.
0: Absolutely. And not to say, you know, things didn't happen during the day it got tilted and, you know, carrying the kid on one arm walking out the door to go to the law office and I spilled coffee all, oh, no, no, I I mean, stuff happens. Let's get real, right? But the way you deal with it shifts if you've set, you know, set set yourself up for success. And that's what I would say is, is really, really key. And in that space of just taking, even if it's five to 10 minutes for yourself, before you start meeting the demands of the world on you, it actually reduces your stress, reduces your anxiety. And today, like so many of us use our phones as alarm clocks. And the temptation can be, oh, let me see what's on Facebook. Let me see what emails came in in the middle of the night. And that's, that immediately creates stress because you're subjecting yourself to other people's demands.
1: So how do you cut yourself off from being a phone addict, as many, many, many people are these days? They're addicted to their phones. Uh, I see it everywhere I'm, I go. Yeah,
0: and I'm probably addicted. I'm just addicted to different things. <laughs> I'm I'm, you know, full you take your
1: drugs at regular intervals instead of <laughs> <Right>. at random. <laughs>
0: My drug is I'll listen to a meditation C D or I'll play one of my word games, you know? So it's it's about making conscious decisions on what I'm doing on there, recognizing, am I feeding myself or am I or am I feeding somebody else?
1: All right. So we got the beginning of your day and some of your your methods of calming yourself and being ready. What about later in the day when sometimes we have to stay late or go do something and we really need to be home because we have to take the kid to soccer or uh, there's a problem, would we'll just be dinner or just have good family time. I'm sure there were many days when you found yourself crunched for time. There's 12 hours in the working hours in a day, and you had 16 hours worth of work, and it's getting later and later, and you can't get home. What did you, what did you do then?
0: So, when I was working a- in a job and I needed to pick my kids up from daycare, aftercare, whatever that was, I would leave work, pick the kids up, do the dinner dash or soccer, or whatever thing they were going to do, come home, get them ready to bed, and then I would work for another couple of hours. That's how I managed it. And remember, I was single, so I didn't have a spouse that also, you know, was something to divide my time with. So I took care of the kids.
1: You tried to say that husbands are a pain in the ass?
0: No, I'm not trying to say that at all. I was, (laughs) I had one less of an obligation on my plate than many women listening to this fight <laughs> and you know there were times i had you know husbands in the picture so i get that piece of it too and they were helpful so let me speak that into existence right now
1: yeah <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding i think husbands are well they could be either but um, usually either more helpful or they <laughs> stay out of the which way anyway which one are you <laughs> which one am i uh, I tend to be somewhat helpful. Mainly. I just stay out of the way. My wife is not an entrepreneur. She's your classic employee. She's an operating room nurse, great career. makes a good living, but she's not entrepreneurial. You know, she's the kind of person that at the end of the year says, I didn't call in sick at all this year. I should have the money. You know I mean? That's the employee mentality. Whereas I say, well, you didn't use it. So you didn't, that's fine. It's there. as a safety net. So, um, all I got to do is make sure when we had kids, we, not, now the kids are grown, but when they're younger, I would sometimes take care of them. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm more of a cook than she is. So I prepare a lot of the meals. And our deal is whoever cooks doesn't have to clean it up.
0: Yep, that's, that's a good deal to have.
1: That works really well. So I think she would say I was helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I, I suspect it as much.
1: <laughs> Thanks. So tell me a little bit about this Women's Prosperity Network, that one really interests me, and just so your listeners know, I was invited to your last one, right, and I attended this meeting. It wasn't one of the, your bigger meetings, but still, there were quite a few people there, and all of your members, followers, whatever you want to call them, they seem to really like this organization, so they must be getting a lot out of it. What are you offering, and what are you delivering?
0: So, we, deliver, we offer and deliver quite a bit, and we are really committed to equipping women with the tools, resources, and connections to build successful businesses to be able to thrive no matter what is happening. So a combination of masterminding activities as well as networking opportunities and when we talk about networking and I trust you experienced this when you came to our event, it's not about your typical, hey, here's my card, call me, let's do a deal together. It's not, it's not like all. networking is about building relationships and creating connections. Like if you, if we think about Who do you do business with on a consistent basis? It's the same people over and over again. And when you have a need for something, you probably ask them, hey, who do you know? And that's what happens often within our network is lots and lots of business happens based upon the relationships, the true network, as opposed to networking component.
1: Do the women tend to be very uh, helpful to each other?
0: amazingly helpful. And and w- one of the things that really warms our heart, and this happened a couple of times recently, is we had uh, people join us for the first time and women at the end of our time together were practically in tears because of the level of support that they received from the other people that were, they were in the groups with. We do small subgroups in addition to the bigger meetings so that people can really get to know each other. And well, the, the statement was, I had no idea there are women out there who'd be willing to support me in this. Place.
1: That's amazing that they feel that way. They shouldn't. Um, it's sad, kind of sad in a way, but I'm glad you're supplying that.
0: And, and that's really what we, since day one, when we started back in 2008, it's about shifting the perception that women don't support each other because we do. When we stand together and the more we can come together, the more successful everybody is. And we, we refer to that as co-opetition rather than competition.
1: I see. That's nice. I mean, I, I see that a lot, actually, maybe because of the position I'm in. I see the women will, willing to help each other. Uh, I know that sometimes they have a reputation of being catty and territorial, but that's really what well, the teenagers i think uh, the women and okay. grown women in business they seem to really want to help each other most of the time but you're right they may it's, not know that
0: yeah so things have shifted but there's still a perception that women don't support each other so until okay. that changes our work is not done
1: so okay so what can we you know what can we do i like to help too what, what could i do to help
0: You're doing it.
1: I'm doing it. Okay, fair enough. You're
0: doing it with this program, so it's fantastic and giving more voice to women to say how we've supported and lifted each other up, and and the other piece of it is, you know, being savvy, well-educated business owners. And one of the other things that we do is provide lots of entrepreneurial training. And especially through this the pandemic recently, we worked closely with hundreds of women to show them how to shift their businesses to an online model as opposed to an in-person model. So, And we've been doing Zoom and masterminds online for several years, like even before this happened. So fortunate for us, it was an easy transition for our business. And I'm happy that we could model for others on how to do it.
1: Sounds good to me. Uh- is, is this a membership type of organization? Do you have different levels of membership? And and uh, what about the level of the people? Do they have to be beginners, successful, very successful? Do you have any parameters?
0: You know, the only parameter that we have is that you're someone who is what I refer to as impact focused, that you are here to make a difference through your business products and services in a positive way. Um, And whatever level you're at. So we have some, you know, one of my clients is a 42 year financial industry um, expert. Um, So she's been, you know, involved with us on a very high level in one of our higher coaching programs for a couple of years. I have a luxury real estate agent that I work with. Uh, Then I also have, someone i just talked to the other day who's starting a brand new business. She's got a pa- she's had a passion project that she wants to make her full-time business. So wherever you're at, we've got resources and connections to tap you into.
1: Oh, so it's pretty much welcoming to anybody who wants to start or run a business or just take it to the next level or just meet other business people, right?
0: Meet other business people and or come for the personal development piece because business development and personal development go hand in hand.
1: So let's talk a little bit about this from a business angle, just for fun, since this is a primarily a business podcast, most of the time, I like to learn a lot about the people I'm talking to, but at the same time I try to circle back to business. So, um, what does it cost to join? Uh, what auxiliary things do you have that you charge for? And, uh, What's your level that most people join at?
0: Great question. So most people join at our gold membership level, which is either 34 dollars a month or 350 per year.
1: We That's also very have affordable. Okay.
0: Very affordable. And um, you know with that, you get a monthly mastermind and group coaching call uh, that happens two times during the month, and you get highlighted uh, on that call if you want their spotlights plus lots of other benefits. Then we have a lower level membership, which is $79 for the year. And that doesn't have as much, but it's pretty good membership if you just want to check it out or get started. And then our higher levels of membership include more business coaching aspects to it. And we have several levels of that.
1: So do you have a lot of expenses?
0: For my business?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I I just did some quick math. If everybody joined at that, 350 level. That's $700,000 mm-hmm. a year. That's nice. money. Yeah.
0: So the expenses we have, we have staff, we have marketing expenses, we have overhead. And when we were doing events in person, we had very high expenses for all of the hotel rentals.
1: Yeah, so it could be very costly.
0: So for example, we did a two day training. One of our trainings is called the business of speaking. And we did that uh, in October and I think we had 75 people that came to our online event and it was really lovely. Like I miss the in-person. There's no question about that, but I loved, I loved not having a $10,000 hotel bill to go along. with
1: the <laughs> <event>. <laughs> I used to do trade shows. I, I'm a publisher. I'm going to ask you about your book in a minute, but I, I'm a self published author. And when I first started out, promoting and i do trade shows and i I know what you're talking about man they get exhausting and expensive in a hurry the simplest nothing trade show i would do would cost me five grand between the hotel and the plane and whatever else i needed that's besides building the booth right so yeah those things can be quite expensive and then there's all these fees you have to navigate your way around those so i get it
0: of course, again, there's there's advantages to the new world we're in.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. This is free. I mean, I love Zoom myself. I, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to buy anything. Uh, it's kind of nice, but it's not the same. Right. I miss, I miss the interpersonal yeah. connection. We're,
0: we're hoping, you know, fingers crossed, we have a big event that we do uh, called um, iLive. And we're hoping that we'll be able to do that in person in March.
1: Well, yeah, I hope so, too. So tell me a little bit about your book. What's it called? And uh, Have you sold many? Or do you give them away? Or why did you write it?
0: Oh, so many questions. Yeah, so well,
1: you can pick which one you, yeah. you want. But everyone you to answer.
0: <laughs> so um, my book, which is supposed to be standing up, uh, is called The One Philosophy. And it's about treating each and every person you meet the same way that you do if you think someone is the one
1: what do you mean by the one
0: right so if 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 you think that i'm your next best client the person that's going to introduce you to somebody to help you get on tv your spouse whatever you know the oh they're the one that's going to help me do blah 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 when we think we're in the presence of someone who's the one we tend to treat that person with more attention we listen better we pay more respect and i had this realization Uh, probably about 10 years ago now. And I was was getting ready to have a meeting with a woman who I met at an online networking event through one of our teleclasses. And she was planning on writing a book and she wanted to get some coaching and advice around it. Come to find out she's a local TV news anchor. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to meet so-and-so and and she's going to help me get a TV show. And I noticed how I changed once I thought she was the one. And when I discovered that in myself, I'm like, well, that's, I didn't like it. So I just started an experiment. What would it be like if I started living and treating each and every person I meet with that same level of excitement, attention, and respect? How would my life transform? How would their lives transform? So I just started playing with this personally. And people would open up to me and they felt relaxed and comfortable and, and, and I'm personable to start with. But this heightened sense of valuing them shifted everything. Synchronicities happen. Uh, turns out pe- people will tell you what's really important to them when they know you care about them. So I know John Maxwell says, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care.
1: Yeah. I mean, even Dale Carnegie said that in the there 1920s or whatever it was. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah. And this is very similar to Dale Carnegie type of philosophies, how to win friends and influence people. And uh, it's about being the one who values every single person, whether it's at a restaurant, a gas station, a supermarket, you and I here together. Wherever that is, treat everybody as the one.
1: That's easier said than done, isn't it?
0: Which is why I wrote the book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What a great plug. I'll take one. (laughs) There you go. You know, I've I've been in sales most of my life, and you, you, you hear stories all the time about you know the the car salesman who only talks to the people coming in dressed nicely, and then and then one of the salespeople sees this guy coming in with ripped shorts and an old t shirt, and he says, "I'll take this one," and then the guy buy, buys you know four cars. He's the one with the multi million dollars. You never really know. Uh, and and then the other thing I found in life was very often, if, like your example is a good one about meeting the newscaster. Well she probably doesn't make the roster of who's going to be on the show. Somebody else does. So being nice to the person you met won't even do you much good. You need to get to the person who supplies them with people. And that's a whole different thing, but you never know who that's going to be, right? Or at a party, you meet people, you don't know who they are. So you treat everybody well.
0: Correct. And not only that, so if I treat her well, here's the deal. My overall general philosophy, which you may have a similar one is to leave every person, every situation just a little bit better because I was there. I never, I never want to be somebody who takes away. I always want to be adding.
1: Nice. Um, You know, my personality, which is not necessarily uh, relevant here, but I'll talk to anybody. I don't care if they're, you know, making $6 an hour or
0: drives my, my kids windows
1: crazy. or they're the president of the United States. It doesn't, mat- I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. drive your
0: kids crazy too? Do you talk to everybody? I was like, as a matter of fact, I do.
1: Um, <laughs> a little bit. Most my, I used to bother my wife a little bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, there you you know, go. She,
1: and she would say, well, do you, how, how many people do you know? I'd go into a supermarket. I run into somebody I knew all the time. It hasn't happened to me in a long time because I'm doing different things now
0: we're stuck in the
1: house. Well, I, I don't mean, yeah, very funny. I don't mean right now. I mean, the last the last 15 years. I know, I know. Um, I'm not quite as, I'm a very friendly guy, but I'm not social. And so uh, what I'm doing just doesn't lend myself. I used to, well, here's an example. I, mean, I started, uh, I'm a Jewish guy, and I started this Jewish singles organization here in Phoenix, like 30 uh, something years ago. And it was the largest Jewish singles organization. I think it's still the largest one ever. We had 5,000 people on our mailing list the first year. And I, I ran the meetings and I was the founding president. So when I was in the Jewish community anyway, there was always a lot of people who knew who I was. I didn't know who they were, but they knew who I was. So I was much more of a celebrity, if you will. So it happened to me all the time. And I was a school teacher for a little while, and then I run into my students every once in a while. Uh, now that I'm mostly a financial planner and doing this podcasting, I don't really affect as many people. Although that may change, right? I mean, I may get famous as a podcasting host. Who knows? Yeah, that'd, be, uh, that'd be okay with me. Although I don't really like the fame. I like to, like you, leave people better off than when I met them and accomplish things and and quite frankly, sometimes I like the money, but I'm not doing it for that.
0: Yeah. I like the money
1: too. Yeah, we all do, but that's not, I love the money actually, but it's not what gets me out of bed and excited in the morning to go do something. It's, it's fun when the checks come, but, uh, if it wasn't fun getting there, I wouldn't ever have the checks because I only do things I I want to do and I, I like to do. So what about you? I mean, is most of your income coming from this, um, Prosperity Network, or are you doing other things to generate income these days? Um,
0: no, most of it comes from there. Uh, I do speaking and coaching, and I have some products that I sell online. Um, but, you know, my revenue is derived from coaching, mentoring, the membership, things of that nature.
1: Isn't that nice? You look at your bank account, and you see all these zeros, all these numbers, and you, and you know that behind all those numbers are all, all those people that you've made their lives better. Yeah. Because that's a way of keeping track, right? The more money you make, the more money you've helped. The more, more people you've helped, rather. And there's direct correlation. Not so much if you're a Wall Street guy. Then <laughs> it's just money. Well, you're actually helping road. people.
0: Let's not go down that road. <laughs> okay, will will go down that
1: road. All right, fine, fair enough. That was just an example. <laughs> so tell me something here. I always like to ask this question to people who are very successful. You strike me as somebody who's very successful on many levels. Have you had any just monumental failures, Hmm. especially in business? Have you done something that just fell on its face and just set Uh, you back? And if you did, how'd you recover from it?
0: That would be, yes. I'm trying to decide which failure I should tell you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. See, you know, a lot of people are afraid to fail. And and all if you talk to anybody successful, they've all have failure stories. I like the expression fail forward.
0: Yeah. Learn from your
1: fail. Right. So sorry. Go ahead. Tell me.
0: No, that was good. So, uh, you know, I think that the creation, how Women's Prosperity Network actually came to, to be started out as a pretty epic fail actually. <laughs> so I uh, prior to this, I had a real estate title company, mortgage company in the early 2000s was doing investing. And then people started asking me, um, hey, Nancy, teach me how to buy and sell properties like you're doing. So I started mentoring and doing coaching. And that's really how I started getting into the speaking business was through my real estate expertise. And then Around 2006, so this is before the bubble burst, I wasn't really thrilled. I had gone into business for myself in 2002, always entrepreneurial, always had two, you know, my full time job and then something on the side that I was doing, which they now call a side hustle. So I was in many different multi level marketing companies. I was always doing what I could to bring my family up, right, financially. And, um, so around 2006, title companies going good. Real estate investing is going great. And I just woke up and I'm sure it happened over time, but I wasn't really happy with what I was doing with my life. I had the money. I had the success. Business was going great, but I it wasn't fulfilling and it wasn't rewarding. Like you were talking about before, right? Just to wake up and go do another real estate deal didn't light me up. To do another real estate, like, is this what it's all about? And I, in my company, employed my two sisters and my best friend. So here I am providing sustenance for my family. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And Ooh, I,
1: That's a tough one. That's a heavy weight on your shoulders.
0: It was a heavy weight. And, and I felt I, there was a, about two-year time where I really didn't see how I could shift things. But that's when my, my one of my sisters and I started doing more of the real estate training and development, and we were shifting into that direction, and that was fun. Um, but I wanted I, there was something more, and I attended an event to get training on being a speaker. And at that event, this man says, who was teaching, he says, "Wait a second, I'm looking around the room. There's about eighty people here, and only twenty women." Why aren't there more women here? Speaking is one of the highest paid professions, and we need more women speakers to be leaders standing up as women, not women acting like men. And that was a moment for me. Something in the pit of my stomach got me, and I actually jumped up out of my chair, and I was like, that's me. I'm going <laughs> to. Like I had not had had a moment like that before. Gotta tell
1: epiphany, you. yeah, I love it.
0: And at the time, I thought I would be like a forefront leader for women's real estate and things like that. So at that event, I got approached by someone who had an idea for a woman's seminar company, women's personal and professional development company. And she had a business model and a plan. And I was going to come in and be the real estate expert. And I was like, that sounds great. It was lit me up. I felt more fulfilled. So we spent about six or seven months planning and doing all this. And she knew the event industry and seminar company, blah, 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 blah. And after about six months working on this project uh, and investing about 75,000, so not too, too bad, but pretty steep. um, It was a bust.
1: Just didn't work. People didn't sign
0: up. I could tell you a, you a number of reasons, but here's what happened.
1: Was that well? Before you move on, okay. I understand seventy-five thousand dollars is not chump change. That's real money, but it's not like a million. Um, nevertheless, it's a, it was a failure. And how did that at the time? How did that affect you? Did it really discourage you, or did you just say, "Oh well, that didn't work. Let's try something else."
0: So, um great question, and it ties back to how we ended up here because. I was doing, my two sisters and I worked in my title company with me, and they're also with me in Women's Prosperity Network. This particular venture I was doing on my own with another group of people. And everything culminated at this big event for women we were doing in California, and 500 people are supposed to be there, and only 50 ended up coming. That's painful. That's painful right? We talked about how much it costs to put on events a little while ago, right? That's
1: really hard on your ego too.
0: Ugh, but it, all of it, all of it. So I'm, I'm sitting on the airplane, on the red eye, flying back to Florida that night, completely, you know, head in hands, dejected, crying, what am I going to do with my life? Now we're talking, it's the end of 2007 and the whole market, real estate market has shifted. The recession is about to hit. I already got rid of my title company, sold my title company, and I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? I was cleaning up my language because that's not what I said. <laughs> like, oh, okay. well, head in hands moment, what am I going to do? Yeah,
1: so the flight oh, wasn't the only God. red eye in the house. You had red eyes too because I'm sure it was devastating.
0: It was devastating. And as I, I sat on the plane coming home, I heard a voice in my head, and I'm not crazy, but it was this woman named Kathy Dedeck, who I had met two months prior and shared with her the vision of what we were creating for women. And she said, I'm in. And I got goosebumps thinking about it at this moment because I knew we were on to something, just the way we did it needed yeah. to be. Adjusted.
1: The idea was sound, but the execution. Exactly.
0: Well, and, and this is something that I taught people through this recent um, pandemic is that when change happens, it's not time to give up. It's just sh- a, a shift, a pivot, you know, and the key is to do that early so you can be the change before change changes you.
1: Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Can you say that again?
0: It's not original. I don't remember where I got it.
1: I'll give you credit for it anyway.
0: Thank you. Be the change before the change changes you. I like that. Yeah. And that's probably part of the reason you resonate with it is I'm sure you've done that in in your life.
1: Oh, yeah, many times. And that's why I'm here now, because I got tired of doing what I was doing. And I had all these workshops and seminars. I was teaching people how to take Social Security, when to take it, how to take it. In regards to retirement, I got better and better at presenting. And mm-hmm. my last one, I was really got good. And I got everybody in the room to come and make an appointment and come see me in the office. And then I got a client. And I was, okay, we finally figured it out. Let's go. <laughs> the next week, everything shut down. And wow. I was left holding the bag with nothing. No prospects, nothing. I said, well, am I going to rebuild this business? Am I going to change with the change, as you say? Or would I rather do something else? And I couldn't decide. So I started this podcast to look for clients, actually. Mm -hmm. And as I started doing it, I fell in love with it. And I lost interest in looking for clients. Now I'm looking for women. So I just like doing what I'm doing. And who knows if I'll go back to being a financial advisor or not. But I get you. Mm -hmm. I moved with, I changed, even though I changed careers a lot in a way. It's business is business. Same thing. I'm still helping people. It's,
0: all people. it's all people. Everything is people, which is why I'll come back to the, th- uh, the one philosophy. The one philosophy and living that way, which you say is not easy to do all the time. Um, the everything we want in life, whether it's that cup of coffee from the Starbucks, the supermarket, the money you're going to get paid by the client, whatever it is, there's people involved in everything. Why wouldn't we put more focus on our people skills, how we treat each other, how we listen to each other. And just for a moment on my soapbox, if (laughs) people had better skills in listening and communicating with each other, our country would not be in the state it's in right now.
1: Well, if everybody was really good at listening, wouldn't they all be therapists? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Maybe. I just had to throw. I couldn't resist. Maybe. <laughs> no, I actually, you know what? In all seriousness, I agree with you. Although it's kind of like human nature, you know. It's, if you look at the history is, of the world, it's never really well, it been all a, that rosy like it
0: that. It is a human nature. I think that's a false assumption.
1: Really? Okay. Well, this is not the forum to argue about that. Obviously, so we. Well, won't. we'll
0: come back for another day.
1: <laughs> yeah okay, yeah we could do that right. I'll have
0: you on my show about that one.
1: okay <laughs> but um some people are better at listening listening than others, and I agree that's a skill and an attitude that everybody really should have at least a piece of, right I mean, unless you maybe you're a coding engineer type who likes sitting in the dark in the office and Working on the computer all day. He they typically don't have, have much action. people skills and they don't well, really I, need them.
0: I disagree. That person still goes to the supermarket, eats out at restaurants. That's true. People is involved in everything we do. They have siblings that they need to communicate with and relate with, and children that they want to raise up and parent. Like it's everywhere. So that's my next project, okay. by the way. My next project I'm developing is something called the People Skills Academy.
1: Sounds good. You know, nobody does anything on their own, right? Yeah, you know, we always need some That's kind good. of help and collaboration. I like collaboration myself. i I'd much rather work with other people. Uh, sometimes I need the help more times than others. A lot of things I do are really just me. But I didn't get there all by myself. I just got to a point where, all right, I got it. Thanks. And I could do it now, at least for a while. Other times, I need people to help me all the time. I find doing this podcast is interesting because I need people on every show. I am not. I don't have a podcast where I'm just pontificating and giving my opinion, like, Rush, like a Rush Limbaugh, for example. Um, I'm having interviews. All my podcasts are interviews. So I'm learning even more about how to communicate with people and how to keep an open mind and I try to talk no more than 10-15% of the time, let my guests do most of the talking. It's, uh, it's interesting. I, I can't really argue with you, seriously. Everything does involve people to some extent. Yeah,
0: when you, when if we really pause and think about it, the, the thing that would bring us... So think about this. The last time you felt frustrated, irritated, or angry, was there another human being involved?
1: <laughs> the last time? No, not really. It was something no? I did. But the time before that, yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> close
1: enough. Close enough. Most, time, most so, of the time, it involves another human being.
0: And even if it's ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's my other ego, right? Something <laughs> right. that the other Rob did. Yeah, I didn't do what He did it. Do you, know, oh, no,
0: you have one of those, too?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got imaginary personalities that come yeah. and go.
0: So, and it's um. Here's, here's the thing. If we could remember that Every single person is just doing things that they think are going to make them happier. I don't understand. I may not understand why you think taking a particular action or doing something that to me I judge as being harmful, but they think it's going to make them happier. That's why they do it.
1: Yeah, everybody is ultimately at least a little bit selfish, they do things for themselves. Even if they're helping other people, they're doing it for themselves, but well, the it doesn't way it matter.
0: Makes it feel good, makes to you help feel good.
1: Other yeah, because yeah. it's for you. But that's okay. It's a really nice way to be selfish, right? Exactly. Help the world to make yeah. me happy. I mean, that's that's a great formula. I'll I'll show you some personal something about what you're talking about. But people, um, I occasionally suffer from depression, and um, I it comes and goes, and I find that I truly love my wife. We've been married thirty years. She's great. Congratulations. And, yeah, but you know, it's work. Marriage is work. It's a challenge. It's not always rosy. Uh, and there are times when I she just bugs the hell out of me what she's doing, I don't, you know, it's whatever she's doing and just I get irritated. I think I don't know. Maybe I should leave or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Just get a bad attitude and just say she's doing it again. And then I I stop to take a step back and look and I say, "Okay, Rob, is it really her or is it you? How you take a, take a check, you know, take a look. That's impre- that's Every a single check. time, it's me because when the depression goes away, I fall in love again. And she hasn't changed at all.
0: Mm. That's beautiful self-awareness. That's really something.
1: It took and, me a long time to figure that out.
0: Well, that's kudos to you that you figured it out. There's lots of people that don't <laughs> along the way. Yeah, and, so
1: there's so many divorces.
0: Yeah. Well, and so many things. And the piece that you're, how I coin that or refer to what you're describing is taking a hundred percent responsibility for your life. And that's one of the key principles to live the one philosophy and really consistently be the one we've got to be taking a hundred percent responsibility all the time for everything.
1: That's great. Yeah, because nothing's really anybody else's fault. Because even if you didn't do it, you let them do it, or you participated in some way, or you were affected by it when you didn't have to be. Mm -hmm. So you're still taking 100% on your shoulders, right?
0: Well, and what do what good does bitching, moaning and complaining about something someone else did or the injustices? And if, if that doesn't solve anything,
1: works great on social media.
0: But does it solve anything?
1: No, it gets more people <laughs> engaged. It makes the people doing it money sometimes, makes talk show hosts money, but it only helps them. And it, it's short term. I have to believe it's not long lasting. Yeah. It's no way to run your life. So, yeah, most of the time, you're absolutely right. You know, complaining, worrying, too. It doesn't help at all.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Doesn't doesn't do anything
0: we went in so many directions on this show. Yeah, consider. I guess
1: so. Well, that was a nice philosophical uh, discussion. So tell me before we leave here, um, what can I do as a podcast host for these amazing women? And, and I've met really a group of um, really amazing women. Uh, and you're one of them, by the way. Uh, all different ways they're amazing. I mean, I think most mothers are amazing just by raising a family and keeping house if that's what they do but there are people who just juggle all these different things and have really changed the world in their own way and uh, continue to do that so i'm really impressed with some of my guests actually most of them okay and i could find more people to talk to but i want to do something you know i'm trying to change the world too i'm here for women in their endeavor to i don't know be more empowered to get better to get more what they want uh especially business women but it could be any anybody uh what's needed out there what should i be doing what should i look for you have any ideas any suggestions on a direction that i should go that would help the most amount of people women anyway i don't care about the men
0: mhm so Keep doing what you're doing. That's funny. You don't care about the men.
1: I'm only teasing. I do, do, but not for the show. I don't care about them. Actually, Um, I've had two male guests on, but most of the clients were women. That's why I had them on.
0: So what if, novel idea, what if the amazing woman podcast.com also was a resource center for some information that so maybe you have a resource center like I could give a lesson on how to design a funnel for your pricing or how to get it speaking engagements so if you asked your guests to give a gift and you have that in a resource center for women to come to to access and then give women an opportunity to contribute to it
1: sounds pretty good yeah and let's uh Let's use the army method and make the volu- make the person who suggested volunteer. I'm
0: thinking we're going to have one. a follow-up conversation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's do something. Uh, yep. I, I love that idea. Yep. And I will keep that in mind and try to develop that. I won't try to develop it. I will develop it.
0: Well, maybe we'll co-develop it.
1: Hey, that'd be great. You know what you're doing. You know women better than I I think you know women better than I do. Maybe not, but I think you do. It's probably a pretty safe bet. Yeah. You know oh. yourself. I mean, by the <laughs> way, I hired an advertising agency to make me a logo and help me do my launch and and you know press release and so forth. And I purposely hired a woman-owned agency that had mostly women employees because they get it. And I know I can run my ideas past them. And if they don't like it, I'll have to really think about it. And if they like it and it's good. If they love it, then I do it. Yeah. So, so I,
0: I love that you did that when specifically sought out a woman owned business. And then I would invite you to go another level and look for um, black Americans, Asian Americans, Latin Americans, and really create a diverse platform. for the. I have women. a problem
1: with that only because I was brought up not to be bigoted or prejudiced in any way. I don't really don't really differentiate people are people, you know, black, white, Chinese, short, tall, I don't really care. But I guess I could force myself to well, make categories.
0: Not, so it's not so much about forcing yourself, but representing a diverse group of women, because if if and I, I don't I'm not saying this is the case, but if all we if if all some little latin or black girl sees on this show is white people then she's going to think well they can do it but i can't if you okay. present a diverse platform it gives likeness i,
1: I, I agree to- yeah. yeah i take, take take a hint from television i don't watch much tv but lately i've watched a few little sitcoms whatever and if you if you think that represents the world you think on every block there's a gay person a trans person a black person of mixed marriage you know they, they try to get everybody in and those people exist everywhere, but not to the degree necessarily that they portray them, but it really sheds light on how important it is to show the diversity.
0: Right. It's, so I get that. Yeah, we could have a whole nother conversation about white blindness, and but that's not yeah, today. Yeah,
1: and I'm sure there are Black women have different challenges than some white women anyway. I mean, some uh, in some cases, uh, as a generalization, I'm sure there's differences individually. There's lots of. There's
0: differences and there's also as as a white woman growing up in a primarily white neighborhood there are things i am completely unaware of like when i was a teenager and me and my my friend who happened to be of color went into the suit to the um, mall she got followed by the security guard because the security guard assumed she would be stealing
1: yeah that's bad Uh, and it does happen
0: that didn't. Ha- I didn't even know that was going on. Hmm. So that's what I'm talking about with I white see. blindness.
1: Okay. We don't yeah. have
0: perspective on what their experiences have been.
1: And I get that.
0: A- time for it's- us to know more, do more, and be more for each other. And it comes back to the one philosophy.
1: Yeah, and you could you could pick your group. They all have their own challenges. It's not just color, right? It's all the other well, things. Well,
0: okay, we're but gonna go. But that's a big down. one. It, it's a huge one because it's so baked into our system of challenge and injustice and discrimination. For example, on mortgage applications, there was just a study that came out. If you're a person of color, if you block mark off the box, you're going to get higher interest rates than the person that marked off the white box.
1: Wow. Fact. Yeah. Prove it. Immoral, illegal, unethical, but it happens.
0: We need to stop it.
1: Great, we do. Yeah, 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 we do. And, all right. Well, you know what? Sage advice <laughs> from somebody <laughs> in the is. trenches. Um, and, um, and, I'm just
0: uh, a on a mission to help us all be the expression of love and compassion more. That's all I am. Well, that's a lot. That is.
1: That's not all you. That's a lot. I mean, you can say that's all I am, but that's 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 a lot. I uh, if I was wearing a hat, I'd take it off to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're great. I really enjoyed this conversation. I really did. And I, I'm going to take your suggestions very seriously. And I'm going to act on them. Awesome. Thanks and, for and So I'm really glad I asked.
0: I love your openness.
1: Any uh, last words of wisdom you want to leave to for my listeners or how they can get a hold of you, where you are, what's the yeah. best way to find you?
0: Um I'm I'm very googleable so if you just google Nancy Matthews you'll find me on nancymatthews.com social media women's prosperity network.com so um, I do hope you get in touch and last words I would say is just remember to be the one who lets others know how important they are
1: Nice ending. Thank you Nancy. I, I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate being here.
1: Bye everybody. We're done.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the Amazing Women podcast. Subscribe now and get the latest episodes sent to your device every week. Go to our website,
1: theamazingwomenpodcast.com to hear bonus episodes, download free business tools, and join our family of amazing women. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.